And listen, this, the word does not illuminate to you. It does not light up like it should, lest you pray. I promise you that. That the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you deeply out of the word of God. Yet he wants our lives to continue to go deep in prayer and in fellowship with him. Because what, what is my prayer life? My prayer life is just a life with Jesus and my coffee and my Bible. Maybe water this week. But the Holy Spirit wants us to go dive deep. So I want you to go to the book of Exodus with me because as, I, as we spoke the first night that we were here, uh, January 8th, when we moved in this building, I preached a message on, on you know, grabbing our inheritance and moving into a new place. Well, we're going to cross over tonight, okay? Is that all right? I'm telling you, God wants us to all cross over in this place. And, you, and so I, I just want you to go to Exodus with me. Uh, oh, I'm just going to do an oversight of the whole book of Exodus. How's that? No, I'm not. Some of it, though. Because I have to, to just look at a few things. But I'm going to kind of rehearse some things that I shared previously uh, last week. And I, sh I shared a few things briefly at the end. And thank you, God, for that. Just a beautiful dedication. Everyone who participated, I just have to thank everyone in this room that has helped us, that has taken licks for this building. Come on. <laughs> Me too. Been at the chiropractor for two weeks. It's all good. And God is going to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine. And I want you to just go in, and, in with me because I, as I spoke on, on the first Sunday that we were here on the 8th, 3 a.m. on the 9th, the Lord woke me up and I came here. And the Lord literally sh was here waiting for me. I don't say that to be like mystical, but I, he was here. He was just here waiting for me at 3 a.m., 3.30 in the morning, 4 in the morning. And it was awesome. And, and I say, God, I want more. Make my spirit man awake and alive so that I can step into deeper places with you. And, and as I did that, he, he just spoke to me out of Exodus and all the threes. A lot of threes. If you go to Exodus chapter 3, we can go there. And I'm just going to read a couple verses out of each spot that the Lord has directed me. Because I'm telling you, I got roasted last night, and God came on me so strong after I sat down from speaking and began to show me that, that God is about to open, open up a place for us to cross over tonight. You should be excited about that. If we're going into a 10-day fast, that the Holy Spirit will open things up. He wants you to cross over the Red Sea. 
So I just, I want, I want to just bring a couple of things. Exodus chapter 3, we know what happens there. Exodus chapter 3, we see Moses is wandering on the backside of a desert, hiding from his past, just trying to be quiet and mind his own business. And God shows up. How many know where I am? And the Bible says that there was a, a, that there was a light, that was a burning bush that wasn't being consumed. And it was a gateway, it was an open door for Moses' calling into what the Lord had called him to in, in setting an entire nation free. Amen? And I just want to tell you that God has met you previously to, for you coming to this, this place tonight. Come on, God found you somewhere. And if he didn't find you, you're not getting out without finding him tonight. And the Holy Spirit wants us to, to speak into this tonight because I believe that the Spirit of God is wanting us. Listen, this is a year where you're going to cross over. And the Spirit of God wants you to cross over in your life at different increments of your life. Do you understand that? I, I think that the, this, the, that the Lord wants us to cross over in different areas of our lives at different times and seasons. How many know when we get someplace with the Lord, it's not the end? There's an ever-increasing glory that God wants to reveal to you, and God wants his church to continue to follow him into the places where he's calling you. Right, so when we've received, like Moses, he's hiding out, he's trying to be incognito, he's, he's a fugitive actually. Do you know that? He was a fugitive. He murdered someone, buried him in the sand, took off. Got married in the desert, he's got family life, and now he's taking care of his father-in-law's stuff. Come on, somebody. I don't know. Do you read the Bible like I do? I, you just got to really bring it down to, to the reality because God, that's what he did. Come on, he was a fugitive from, from Egyptian justice. Yeah. And so God took him, met him, and pulled him out and said, this is your call. You're called to release a nation. Look at me, everyone in this room. It is not my job to release a nation. It is not the prophets that are national prophets in this, in this entire world to set a nation free. Do you hear me? Bible gives us Ephesians chapter 4. It says that, that, the, that the five-fold gifting is to what? It's to build up the body, to make us mature, so that the body of Christ begins to walk in the fullness and begins to walk in the fullness of Christ and the stature of Christ with a mission to accomplish something for the kingdom. It's not your pastor's job to win the world. Although I'd do it if I could do it in my own strength and with God's strength, I'll do it. I'll, meet, I'll get as many as I can, right? But the reality is it's impossible. So he calls us to all step into this place, a fiery bush, a burning bush experience with him. And if you haven't had that experience with him, ask for it. God will come and he'll meet you. I'm not Moses. No, you, that's, God calls you to meet him in a personal way just like he did. He's calling you to be a friend just like Moses was a friend to God. Amen? So it says this, that the, the Lord caught his attention. 
And I'm going to ask you tonight, has the Lord caught your attention? Has he caught your attention enough to pull you into a new place with a new uh, purpose in your life? Has he found you in a place where maybe you were wandering and tending for someone else's stuff? Yeah. Come on, I'm going to encourage you. God has a perfect plan for you tonight. Just go with me. I just had you go there. You can read all of this later. I'm going to read some verses, but I'm not going to really get stuck on text tonight because God has a message he wants to release to you. So go to Exodus chapter 14. I will read some verses here because I believe that he wants a deliverance to happen. And what I saw last night was there was a wall. There was a, there was, there was a red sea. This is what I saw. This is what I felt like the Lord spoke to me. He said, my body has been stuck on the side, on the, on the Egypt side of the Red Sea. My body. And that they're about to step over and cross over into a place where they will take on the giants. Yeah, it's a new land, right? But I just want you to see a couple things that the Lord highlighted to me. It says in verse 14, 13, it says, don't be afraid. Because Moses comes to this place and they've got, you, know the, you know the scene, right? All of Egypt. There's been plagues, there's been all these things that have happened to loose them from the land of Egypt. But I want you to understand that God is going to do things that will provoke us to go and and the enemy will follow and he's trying to hunt you down and he's trying to discourage you and he's whispering in your ear. But I'm telling you, God is bringing you to a new place where you're going to have to trust him because it's the best thing that can happen when the church has its back against the wall. They came to the Red Sea. There was no passage. And I will speak to any other scholar that talks like nonsense that it was the season where the, the Red Sea was shallow and they crossed over and they splish splashed across. This is nonsense. It was a supernatural act where God pushed back the waters that they could walk through on dry land. And then he caused a cloud that was going in front of them to come behind them and cover their back. And caused light in front of them and darkness behind them so the enemy couldn't see where they were going. And I'm telling you now that God is going to do something powerful in a prayer movement. Where God is going to hide us in the secret place. Why the secret place? We need the secret place. The secret place is an open door that opens up faith for us in this place tonight. The secret place. God said, uh, Jesus said in Matthew, he said, go into the secret place. That's the place of prayer. That's the place of power. That's the place of authority. That's where you find God and he walks with you. And I'm telling you tonight that God is about to open a Red Sea for everyone in this room. That there's a generation that's being called across and to step in to, yes, guess what? I'd rather wander in the desert with God towards my promise than stay on the other side and being provoked by the enemy. All right? So it says this in verse 13, he says, don't be afraid, stand still and see, look at me, see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. Everyone say today. Come on. You have to put scripture in the now. 
We want to read the book like it happened back then, and, oh, that's a great story, and we saw the Egyptians get set free. Guess what? Some of us are still in captivity to old ways. We can't get out of the old, and I'm talking church ways. I'm talking, yeah, you already entered into salvation. God already met you, but you're stuck in some old theology that keeps you captive and moving from moving ahead in God. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm not saying, God, listen, the Spirit of God is wanting us to come into a, a, an alignment with His Word and know His Word, and His Word is a lamp unto my feet. And so when I follow what He says, He begins to reveal things, and I, it causes me to walk into the promise that God has already prepared for me. But you have to have it illuminated. You can't have your eyes in darkness. You can't interpret the Scriptures out of darkness. Jesus said, if the light be in you, how much darkness is in that light? What's the question? How illuminated are you with the presence of God? How much of God has been put inside of you so that it illuminates the things that you look at? It's the, it's the thing that is in you that you behold things and you don't, you don't question what God is doing because his word says so. So his, his eyes will open your eyes, when you come into a face-to-face -face encounter with him. Can't get through a few verses tonight. He will accomplish for you today. Which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more. The Egyptians that you see today, you shall see again no more. The story of Israel and the story of, of Moses and the story of them being released from captivity is an interesting story. Because we, we, we view it as it's, it's, it's a good story that, that gets us from one place to another. Right? We pass over. We can look at the Red Sea like this. It, it brought us into a new baptism. Right? Because it can symbolize baptism. It can, it, can, it can actually open us up to an understanding that the Holy Spirit is an, out, there's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit as we pass through out of, out of any place of bondage and we go into the light. And the Spirit of God wants us to come into alignment. And he wants us to understand that the word is open to us so that what? We see Egypt no more. We see the influence of Egypt in our lives no more. The things that we are fearful of, of the Egyptian lifestyle, we are fearful no more because we walked out of Egypt. And this is what the, the message from God was, that you are walking out of Egypt to see them no more. Oh, there'll be other giants in front of you, but this world system and this religious system is broken off your life. You walk away from it and you walk into the presence of God. It says the Lord, it says, verse 14 says, The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. The Lord will fight for you. Look at me. Look at me. The Lord fights for you. The Lord is ahead of you. The Lord is behind you. The Lord is all around you. 
come on, that was the Celtic declaration that the, 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 the Lord was all around the Celtic saints as they walked in places. St. Patrick, as he set captivity free, come on, he's all around you. And you have to acknowledge, when we acknowledge the presence of God, we begin to see that he comes to set us free and to bring us into a new understanding of his strength and not our strength. That's why he said, shut your mouth. Yeah, he said it. Hold your peace. Hold your peace. Sometimes you'll talk yourself out of peace. Sometimes the thoughts in your mind that are rattling with an Egyptian sound of chariots keep you in bondage to your past and will hold you from your future. And he's trying to get rid of Egypt and all of us. And I'm going to say today will be the day. Today can be the day. It's just a decision. Come on, it's just I step into it. And then when something supernatural begins to happen even today, when there's an impartation or a breakthrough for you today, then you take that impartation, you take the breakthrough, and you steward it. Like you have nothing else to do in your life. Oh, I'm telling you. The Holy Spirit wants us to walk in that. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And so we hear, right, the chariots of, 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 of Pharaoh are coming and then God just begins to do something powerful. In verse 19, it says that the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. Yeah, he was before them, and now he's going behind them. This is so powerful. This is so powerful. Went behind him, and the pillar of cloud went before them and stood behind them. God is all around let me reiterate, God is all around your situation. God has you. He has safe passage for you if you'll just follow what he's speaking in this hour. And God wants to speak to every one of us, and I want you to listen to what the Lord's saying tonight. It says, so, so it came between the, the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of the Israel. Thus, it was a cloud and the darkness to the one, and it gave light of not, by night to the other. So here we have, we have Egypt, and they're all leaving, all, mil, all of them, going through the sea. Passageway, supernaturally, God opens up the sea, breaks forth, and causes the cloud that had been with them by day and night that was above them, that was just leading them, now he's all around them. And now he's blocking the enemy from seeing anything and causing them to be in confusion. And listen, the enemy's confused when you're with the Lord. When you're in the secret place, the enemy is confused. Why? Because he can't be there and have peace. 
Come on. It's the Bible says that the the that the 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 Lord will soon crush Satan under your feet. So when the peace of God is on your life, it says that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Hold your peace. <laughs> Hold your peace. The Lord wants to bring a reality for us tonight. So go with me, flip right to 33. We're going right to 33. Going right to 33, and I believe that the Lord's going to set some folks free tonight. Because this was the verse that I got when I got in here on the 9th. And I could feel the presence of the Lord so strong. I could feel the presence of the Lord so strong, and I just began to intercede. And I began to walk up and down all the aisles of the church. And I said, God, bring people in here that are hungry for you. Bring people in here that are ready for you. Are ready to do what you're saying, God. Bring people in here that are equipped, that are ready. They're ready to touch what you're about to do. They're ready to step in. God, would you fill this place with the harvest? God, would you open up a floodgate of the, of the harvest for us in this place? Guess what? This place gets filled, if, and I've said this before. This place gets filled by, no, I can invite a few people to church. But if everyone in here invited someone to church, glory nights, Sunday nights, all you have to do is bring one person, the church is full. You're missing it. You're missing it because here's the deal. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you have a desire to reach people around you. When the spirit of intercession comes upon you, I said, God, teach us to be a place of prayer. God, let us be a people that come in to your presence and can't be denied what you have at any given moment. And I'm, I thank you, God, that you're going to cause a people in this place to tarry until revival comes. That's going to tarry until revival comes. Listen, revival doesn't fall from the sky. I believe that the Lord does release. He will release an awakening and a revival sovereignly in a, in, in a sense. But it, it's got to be a people that are hungry for his habitation, a, a people that are hungry to live in the presence of God. And that means here. But it means more than that. It means at home. It means when you're at home and you're praying, God comes. And when, you, when you're filled with the presence, I'm praying, Father, right now, right now, that, Father, you would release, you would open up a sea, that, that sea that keeps us from crossing over in a place of prayer. I pray that you would open up. Lord, we wouldn't be sleepy anymore. But, God, you would awaken us to a truth of prayer and intercession. God, that we would see that we would desperately need you. We desperately need you. We desperately need you. Holy Spirit, let us have a heart that's completely given over. And we're crossing over tonight. Listen, God will help you to step over and step into a place where you're not sedated. By your life. I don't know any other way to put it. 
by your life. Because what sedates you? What makes you prayerless? Life and busyness. I'm not saying we don't go to work. But we get sedated because of the busyness of our schedules. We put on, and I'm, listen, I'm not trying to manipulate people to come to prayer. That is not my goal. I'm, I'm trying to get you out of a place and pull you across the river. I'm trying to pull you across the sea. I'm trying to pull you into something new. Because I could see by the Spirit God breaking open a sea and a people going in, a people going through, and it's people that already know him. It's not like you need to cross the Red Sea to receive salvation. It's not like you need to cross the sea to get uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you do. But I'm telling you, God is opening up something in the realm of prayer. That he wants everyone, everyone in this room, you're here for a reason tonight. That he wants you to step into this place of prayer. What do I buy my time to? It's an idol. It can be an idol. What I spend my time on can be idolatry. Oh, I got a couple of shouts here and there. The rest of you are like, he's all crazy. We may never come back. It's okay. I love you. The Lord wants us to enter into a place. And here I went. I went... I went to 33.3. Why? Because that's when I woke up. 3.33. Nice number. Verse 2 says, I will send my angel before you. And I will drive out. Everyone say drive out. All the Amorites. The Canaanites and all the other ites, okay? We'll just get past the ites. You know there's ites. They need to be taken care of. It's called old world. It's called new age. It's called whatever. It's called all those things. All the ites. <laughs> then he says, and this is after I had just preached a message on going into our inheritance. This was the word of the Lord that came to me. Six hours later, woke me out of my sleep, a dead sleep. Go up to a land flowing in milk and honey. You want to live from the land that flows with milk and honey. You want to live from a land that the revelation of God is flowing, the word of God is flowing, the spirit of God is flowing, and you want to live in the flow of heaven. That's what I said last week. God is trying to get us to move into the flow of what he's doing. God doesn't want us to be despondent. God doesn't want us to be apathetic. I can rev you up tonight, but you're in charge. You are in charge of this, of your spirit, man, to stir yourself to prayer. To stir yourself to open your Bible instead of the television. To open the Bible instead of social media. To open the Bible and wait on the Lord. You say, well, that's what you do for a living. That's, what, that's your responsibility. No, 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 it's not. It's yours too. Listen to me. Because if we can get this, if we can go into a place where God, I am, I am yielded to the spirit of intercession on my life. I am yielded to the spirit of prayer on my life. 
Listen, in the days with, with the Welsh Revival, in the days of Azusa Street, they were just prayer meetings. Do you know that? <laughs> they were just prayer meetings. And there was all of a sudden a hovering of heaven because of some desperate people. Every revival came out of a prayer movement. You know, we got these John the Baptist type people, Lou Engel, I think of, I think of others that, you know, the Hamels, they're just all about prayer, prayer, pray, pray, pray. And they're trying to charge the body to pray. But we need a local and a regional realm of intercession that will not stop. It will go day and night. It will never cease. God, wake it. You just pray the prayer. God, wake me up in the middle of the night so I can pray. Wake me up. So I'll be ready to come and see you and meet you. It's not about any striving. It's not. It's about coming into this, this 33, this chapter 33 encounter with the Lord. Where he is there when you, sh when you show up. You say, well, it's not always like that. No, it's not because we don't press into it. You know, I know the Lord spoke to me a few few months back, and he said, you, you, the people aren't even ready for what I'm about to do. Like the church is not ready for what I'm about to do. They're not prepared for what I'm about to do. If all of a sudden, and, and I got prophets, people who I just met, literally, guy who, you probably all have his, a book that's published by him underneath your seat. I'm telling you, and he prophesied over us extended meetings. I see God extending meetings. I'm like, oh, mercy. I got one clap. It was my wife probably. I know. Yeah. No, seriously. And it's not about extended meetings, but if God shows up, what's your schedule look like? No, no, we pray and we cry out, oh, good. We cheer for the guy that's preaching revival. But we, where are we? Where's the revivalist? It's not just me. It's not just her. It's all of us. What's a revivalist? That means you're a revival hound. You chase God. It's not a five-fold office. No, it's not. People get stuck on stuff. Holy Spirit wants you to walk in the fullness and the power of revival on your life. That means every dead thing that's on your life is shaken off. Yeah. Every dead thing, every dead dream all of a sudden comes alive. Every broken, every broken part of you all of a sudden becomes restored. Because when God, just like when, when Obed-Edom got the, got the Ark of the Covenant in his place, come on, everything, he was like, yeah, man, it's glory all the time. Because God's living in my house. And then David's like, no, 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 we won't be having any more of that. Let's get the priest down there, bring it to my house. Listen to me. The Spirit of God is calling us to be a people that break through and pass over out of passivity. We pass over out of, out of all the things. This is what Passover is all about. 
Oh, come on, he broke his body. He, he, he is the Passover lamb. He is the broken, the broken and bruised lamb that's now resurrected, that's given you life in your mortal body. He's given you the spirit of prayer in your life so that you can walk with the fullness of the love of God because you care more about what's happening out in the earth and you want to see God change it. He can't change it without you. telling you oh God can do what he wants no he, he's looking he's all, all through the book he needed a people to go through yes he can sovereignly blow his spirit in a region because I know I know his eye is on New England I know his eyes on New England the question is what do we do how do we steward God help me if I start, because we're going to start in a few weeks on the book of Acts, I don't even know if I'll ever get out of it. No, because if you go into the first four books of, of, of Acts, there is just a, a dominating theme that they gathered together, that they had a place of habitation, that they broke bread with one another, and great grace was on the church. To what? To bear witness the word witness there is, there's a, there's a, all of a sudden there's a picture, there's a, there's, a, there's a viewing of what Jesus does through a people. Because the testimony, last night was crazy, right? I preach, I sit down, this guy comes up to testify, he drops his cane, he had a stroke. Drops his cane, not like he dropped his cane because he was losing his balance, he dropped his cane and left it there. Because God sovereignly touched him. Right? No preacher. No magic hand. What happens when God begins to do things like that? That's what I'm praying for. God, just do sovereign miracles in this place. Lord, let, them, let the whole place, let the police department come down. Let the fire department come down. Yeah, let the burning building, make it look like burning building so that the fire chief shows up. I don't know. But I feel like this, that God wants you to be in a position with us, with the entire body, with the entire region. God would love it if a whole region was ready to light on fire. Can't even get to this scripture. Just go up. Go up. Go up. Go up to where God flows. Go up to where he flows. I said this last night. Listen, God is no longer, listen, the, the spirit of God, I'm happy for the windows of heaven that open up. I'm happy. I'm happy for the windows of heaven. Malachi, come on, test me in this. It's talking about giving, but it's talking about giving of everything, really. It's, test me in this, that I might not... Open the windows, open the windows of heaven and pour out. Everyone say pour out. Pour out, pour out a blessing that you can't contain. And, I, and the Lord began to speak to me. He said, I got something better that I want to do. It's a Revelation 4 understanding that, behold, come up here. Come up. Go up. Because there's a door open. 
You're not just having stuff poured on you. You enter in where God is. You begin to engage where God is, where his love is. Just think of all the living creatures and all the things that are in heavenly places that we get to participate with in our prayer life. Oh, some people look at me like, whoa, I don't know. Go to that place. Go to Ezekiel chapter 1. Ezekiel, a priest, but a prophet. Come on. Ezekiel chapter 1. We can't even go there. We'll get really lost. Listen, when I first got saved, I was enamored with the book of Ezekiel. Because the first, it says that he just, the spirit of the Lord was there. And took him. <laughs> you, can't, you can't talk about the glory without talking about Ezekiel. I won't do it. Go up to the land that's flowing with milk and honey. For I will not go up in your midst lest I consume you on the way. For you are stiff-necked people. Come on, New England. Let's not be called a stiff-necked people. Come on, we, we tend to like the things the way we like it. We don't like change. That's why I say get ready for change. Because when God shows up, there's going to be a lot of change. Lots and lots of change. And so the Spirit of God, I just want you to, to just see this. Because what happens is in verse 6, he says, So the children of Israel will strip themselves of the, gar the ornaments. But I get stuck on the ornaments. They were wearing something. They were wearing all the things that they carried in from Egypt. They actually mourned. It, this is what it's speaking of, that they mourned, that they were sad and crying about the place that they left. Come on. I know you can feel that, right? But the Holy Spirit wants us to be taking off all these things because it's almost those excuses. We make excuses for why we, we can't get deeper with God. There is no reason why you can't get deeper with God. The only reason is, is, is mm, only reason is us. God wants to pull us into deeper places. There's an open door of opportunity. God says, come up here, and there's a door. Come up. Let's go up to a place tonight where there's a door. Let me tell you, when you walk in the door, you have access to all the things that are in the door. You see everything that's in the door. You, you're in the place where the things are pouring out. Do you understand that? And God wants us not to call, have any remorse on our past. Don't feel sorry for where you came from. dead. Your life is hidden in Christ. Come on. And so we have this whole conversation, and I love it, because Moses gets to give us the conversation that he's having about, Lord, 
I don't want to go. We don't want to go. I won't go, as a matter of fact. I won't go without you. Take your angel and send him to wherever he came from. No, really. Really, this is the Lord speaking to Moses. He says, good about the angel, but we're not going unless I have you. I'm all about the angels. Let the angels come. Lord, don't limit us in any way. But I'm saying to you tonight, God wants to bring his manifest presence to us in fullness. And, and he speaks, listen, he speaks in this way. The cloud stood by him. It says, my presence will go with you. In verse 14, it says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. This is why I say, now they're on this journey and now they're building the tabernacle and God is saying, here, as, as, as we just fix this beautiful place. My blood's in, these wood, in the wood, I promise you that. You know? But the Lord himself, my heart, and that's why I went through these rows. I just was like, God... This is all good, and it's beautiful, and I'm thankful for every partner. I'm thankful for every partner. I'm thankful for every person that, that partnered with us, that came up behind us, that helped us, God. I'm thankful for everything. I'm grateful for everything. But if we don't have you, I don't have anything. We don't have anything. I don't have anything. We can have all the best programs. I'm not about programs. We could get really busy with church stuff. But I want God, I want his presence, I want, his, I want the, the spirit of revival to rest here. I want to see cripples walk out of this door. They can come in that way and they walk down the stairs. And we throw their, we're going to keep the dumpster. That's what I'm, I'm deciding. We'll just keep the dumpster for the metal. Come on. Like God wants to release a miracle flow but he'll, want, he'll do it through a people that are plugged in. And, and I'm telling you, I, I don't think he's going to do it in the old, like he's been doing it. But the one guy, he's looking for a corporate body to come together and to press into the place where he is. You're called to something higher. You're called to a deeper place in him. So the Lord makes these, these he has this conversation. He, if your present doesn't go, with, doesn't go with us, then don't bring us up from here. I don't want the land with flowing with milk and honey if you don't go. I don't want the blessing of the land if you don't go. Are you hearing me? A shift has to take place in the body of Christ. We need Jesus. I desperately need Christ. I know he's inside of me, but I desperately need the manifest presence of God to come and visit this place in such a tangible way. This should be the heart of every pastor in the region. God, would you come? And we won't stop praying until you come. So that's why I'm believing that God's going to push open a Red Sea. There's going to be safe passage. And the enemy's not going to be able to see one thing. One thing. Come on, Jehovah Sneaky. He's going to cover us so that we can flow in what he's called us to flow in. 
And I have to be, listen, you, I have to be determined, but you have to be determined. I'm charging you tonight to be determined. I'm charging you tonight to walk across a place, out of a place of, of arid idolatry. <laughs> oh, no. This isn't your, your best life now tonight. Holy Spirit, we want that. And then he says this, please show me a glory. And I thought this was beautiful, and I shared a little of this last week, but this was the deal. When he first came and he saw the Lord in the desert, on the backside of the desert, in, in chapter 3, the Lord just speaks to him and gives him his calling. And he covers his face. He covers his face from who God is. And now we see that he's so close to the Lord that he has such a relationship with God that he can actually tell the Lord, please don't, if these people, they're your people, they're really not my people. Can you just, can you just help me? Just, just, he's negotiating with the Lord. But the one thing will not be moved, and that is, I won't go unless you go with me. There's no negotiation on that. Now, what would happen if every church in the region said, I won't go unless you go with us? I'm telling you there would be an explosion of the presence of God. So he says, please show me your glory. And, and, and instead, now God brings him in for a hug. No, it's the only way you can, by reading the, the whole encounter, you can't come up with any other Clue. Other than God came in, he brought him in. He brought him in not into his face, but into his chest and covered his face. And he says, I'm going to show you all my goodness. What does all the goodness of God look like in this place? What does all the goodness of heaven look like in this place right now? It says, now the Lord descended, in, verse, in chapter 34, it says in verse 5, it says, now the, the Lord descended into the cloud, descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. He proclaimed his own name. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord. <laughs> I have, a, I have a feeling that it was an Ezekiel moment. Why do I say that? Because if you look at Ezekiel's encounter, we got four living creatures declaring all of this right now. And Moses is just saying, this is all I can tell you because I can't, if I, I don't have enough pen to write the rest of this book. But I'm telling you, there was a, an encounter with heaven where he heard the Lord's voice. And how many know the voice of many waters wants to speak over this place? He wants to speak over your life. The Lord, the Lord your God is merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. Listen to me. This is the most powerful thing. It's the de declaration of who God is over your life. The grace of God that flows. It's never-ending. It always flows over your life. Keeping mercy for thousands Come on, you ever read your Bible? 
keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation, Moses made haste and bowed. He bowed his head towards the earth and worshipped. And, and he says, if I now have found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray, go among us even though we are stiff-necked people and pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us as your inheritance. Take us as your inheritance. Everyone in this room, the Holy Spirit wants us to have that beckon in our heart. Lord, take us as your inheritance. Never mind your inheritance. Take us, God, as your inheritance. Because we get so focused on what we're going to get. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. He says he's good. He says he's long-suffering. He says he's, he's gracious, abounding in grace. And he will release everything because I seek first the kingdom. All these other things have got to come to me. If I'm seeking first the kingdom... Are you seeking first the kingdom? Are you seeking first the kingdom? Jesus. And then we come into this, and I just, we, we're going to end here, I promise. Verse 10, he said, Behold, I make a covenant before all the people, of the, all, before all your people, and I do marvels. Just as have not been done in the earth. Nor any nation. And all the people among whom you are shall see the works of the Lord. For it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. Everyone say, with you. The Lord is about to do something with you. You're his inheritance, but you get to partner with what God's going to do in the earth. Observe all I command you this day. Behold, I am driving out before you. What did he say before? It's the same thing. Now they're in the, in the promise. He's, he calls them off the mountain. He says, no more, no more, no more Sinai. We're on the move. See, he just went from one place. He went from the backside of the desert in, back into Egypt to set, a, set the captivity free. And we look at Moses. Moses is a perfect picture of Jesus, the intercessor. We're going to ask for the grace of God to be on us, that God is going to open and part the sea for us tonight. Do you understand? He's going to move us out. Verse 13, but you shall destroy their altars. You shall break their sacred pillars. You shall cut down their wooden images. 
there's a whole plan that God is going to use you in this generation to break nasty covenants, to bust them up. Every generational curse will be broken. Every covenant that's not from God will be broken. Every altar that rises up before the Lord shall be broken. Amen. Come on, just stand. on that last verse 10 Exodus 34 God's about to open up some things he's going to bring a marvel in the earth that you've not seen before he's going to do an awesome thing with you and he's going to drive out everything that gets in the way of your inheritance but why is this going to happen because I've, oh, I'm crossing over a river <laughs> not the Jordan, sorry. Crossing through the sea. I'm crossing over because it's time to cross over. Listen to me. Everyone in this room, I'm believing that God's going to raise up. just a five-fold ministry. He's going to move us into a place where everyone in this room is equipped but everyone in the room has to make a decision I'm going to cross over and in. It's time to when I say it's time to cross over it's just God gives us opportunities at Kairos moments to do something extraordinary. Why? Because the Spirit has directed it. And I want you to hear my heart tonight. God wants to equip and release people out of this place. He wants the, there to be a, a flow in the body. But it comes by as every one of us are in a place, God, we, we hear you. And again, it's not about performing and it's not about church structure or any of that. God wants to use the entire whole room. <laughs> he wants his presence to come strong on the whole room. He wants to get you in your room and come strong and show himself. So God, we thank you that we're Crossing over a, a place, a, a time, and a season, the Red Sea, God. The things that have held us back and kept us from the fullness of our inheritance, God. Right now, right now. Lord, all we want is you. All we want is you. All... I want is you. Just pray that prayer right now. All I want, Jesus, right now is you. Just out, just begin to pray to him in your heart right now. Just begin to just thank him 
just begin to open your heart. Just begin to ask him because God, I believe, right now wants to open up a place. There's an open place where he's going to cause you to walk through and step over. God's, there's an invitation to cross over.